Hello, I'm Oliver Colling, and this is my 70s TV childhood. Hello again, and welcome to My 70s TV Childhood. If you haven't listened to us before, you're very welcome. And if you're a regular listener, thanks for coming back. If you've come to hear a pinpoint academic dissection of the social history of being a child in Britain during the 1970s, then I think you might be in the wrong place. But if you're after some reminiscing about what it was like growing up in the 1970s and the part TV played in our childhoods, then listen on. I seem to have set off a minor debate after last week's episode, featuring the Wombles and Bernard Cribbins. It appears I am by far the only person in this country who thinks that Bernard should be Sir Bernard. So if anyone from the Prime Minister's office or the Palace is listening, there must be something you can do to give the Honours Committee a nudge on this. I'll say no more. Let's just keep it between us. Oh, and a highlight for me... The great Mike Batts himself liked one of my Womble-related tweets. Fame at last. Let me know what you think of the show on our blog, www.my70stvchildhood.com. Tweet me at 70stvchildhood or email me, oliver at my70stvchildhood.com. Television viewing habits can be curious. Today, there is no necessity for any viewer to watch the traditional terrestrial channels, as there are so many other options available, like Netflix, Amazon and many others. The idea of choice is not, as it was in the 1970s, whether you watched BBC or ITV, but you can take your pick of anything, even binge-watching shows such as Say Yes to the Dress, with its endless stream of brides trying on outrageous dresses, or Border Patrol Australia, with its similarly endless streams of hapless foreigners desperately trying to con their way into Australia, normally without much success. The BBC and ITV programming of the 1970s could be quite subtle in how it targeted its audience. Indeed, there were apparently many people who refused to watch ITV after its launch, as the whole idea of commercial advertising was far too distasteful for them. And, in turn, there were, allegedly, people who refused to watch the BBC and claimed that this was a good excuse for not paying their television licence. Now, whether any of this was actually true doesn't really matter for our purposes. What it does reveal, though, is that the two broadcasters did have their own identity and did try and target different audiences. This was as true for children's television as it was for programmes aimed at adults. And this subject has been raised by one of our listeners. I'm delighted to welcome one of our listeners, James from Cambridge, who's joined us. Hello, James. Hi, Oliver. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for joining us on My 70s TV Childhood. Um, To start with, whereabouts did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up uh, in the suburbs of South East London. And what was it like growing up there? 
like everybody, I think it was it was a fairly normal upbringing. Really, I went to um, a local primary school, uh, which was uh, only a walk away. Had a bunch of friends and did sort of normal things, I guess, that most kids in the in the seventies did. We had a bike, cycled around a lot, played a bit of football in the back garden. Uh, yeah, all the usual stuff, really. And as as you know, we're all about nineteen seventies childhoods and and the part that television played in that. What memories do you have of television at that time? Yeah, I think I think it played a very big part. Uh, funny enough, I was I was thinking about this listening to one of your other podcasts. In that, thinking, gosh, that, that sounds like we, we must have watched an awful lot of television. Um, but then I was thinking uh, in, in the sort of the weekends or school holidays after after playing sort of five hours of three and in with one of my mates, there wasn't a lot else to do, and so we ended up do, watching an awful lot of television. But even then, even having said that, it was pretty uh, thin on the ground a little bit with three channels and and uh, not a huge amount on the like weekends or uh, in school holidays. No, that's right. And and I guess I guess with without that that much being on, we tended to watch the same things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was yeah. I mean, even when we went to school, you'd all watch the same programs and you all chatted about the same things. Or the school holidays, there was, uh, you know, I think you've talked about it before, there was short windows in the morning where there were some kids' programs on and then in the afternoon. So, yeah, I, I have pretty happy memories of, of that, that uh, of those TV shows. No, thanks for that. I mean, you, you contacted us and you mentioned it was something that I found very interesting, the, the different attitudes to children's programming. There appeared to exist in the 70s between the ITV and BBC, which I thought was a really interesting concept. And particularly, you mentioned a couple of examples, and I think sometimes it was determined how how people saw you as to which of these you watched, whether you watched Tizwas or Swap Shop on a Saturday, or whether you watched Blue Peter or Magpie when they were on during the week. So, you know, I'd like to explore those in a bit more detail if I can. I suppose starting with um, Tizwas and Swap Shop, I mean, I have mentioned on some other episodes that Saturdays before some of these programs came along were, were a bit dull on the television. But I guess these were programs that were absolutely designed for children and made in this country, unlike a lot of the foreign things we had. I mean, for those who don't remember, can you can you give us a bit of an indication? Just describe what both of those were like. Yeah, and I, I think it is fascinating. Uh, you know, often you were a, a tis was or a swat shop kid, or um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we we all watched both. But and the same with Blue Peter and Magpie. Yeah, I mean, so swap shop, or I think it was called multicolored swap shop was actually what its official title was was um was a show on a saturday morning on bbc it was very long i think i think it was it was several hours long um and it originally it was fronted up by noel edmonds who is uh for those who don't know relatively famous disc jockey uh from radio one um who's, who's remained and- out of prison i think as well Yes, one of the one of the few, one of the few. I'm not sure if I'd say that. And and he had sort of a gang. I think people uh, quite well known: Keith Chegwin, John Craven, who's gone on to bigger and possibly better things, and uh, and Maggie Philbin as well was was the uh, the original I think, female presenter on that. Yeah, and and it was just like a kids' magazine show, really, where they had lots of um, different segments and they had different people coming. I mean, I think they actually, in classic BBC fashion, ended up having some quite famous people on. I don't know whether. I can't honestly remember whether they had the prime minister on, but they did have some quite famous people came on. And then and the, the big thing they did was they arranged for kids to swap stuff. So if you had a board game you didn't want, 
I can't really remember how they they organised it, but they you could swap that for a football with somebody. Um, it sounds a bit odd. It's sort of really. the idea of the sort of barter economy, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's sort of uh, yeah, barter eBay or something. <laughs> but like thirty years old, it seems really describing it now. <laughs> it seems completely bonkers, but uh, it's, it seemed to work really, really well at the time. It, it did. Um, oh, I was trying to remember for years and years. I could remember the telephone number. Uh, and I'm oh. sure some of our some of our listeners about O one, yeah, double five eight five eight five. Now somebody oh, will tell well, me whether I'm right on that or not. Slightly wrong because I did look it up actually because I knew I was going. It was O one eight double one eight o five five. Not that yes, I ever called. Not that I ever called it. <laughs> well, I, I think I called it once the first first day it was on. I called it and didn't get through and thought, well, there's no point ringing then, is there? So not really, not really understanding the scale that there were probably half a million children ringing in at the same time trying to get through. But yeah, um, so, yeah. so that, that, that was swap shop. Yeah, as you say, it sounded very BBC in its approach. What about Tiswas? Yeah, so t- Tiswas um, was just completely the opposite. Really, it was complete mayhem. Uh, you, know, you you turn it on and. And, and again, I, uh, I had to, you know, you know, it's like it's been a long time. So I had to remind myself a little bit about it. Apparently, Tis was, and I didn't know this actually, was an acronym for um, today is Saturday, watch and smile. I mean, that's completely new I, to me. I didn't know that. Nor did I until uh, I, I had to remind myself a little bit. But yeah, so, so that was fronted up by Chris Tarrant, who mm. um, was obviously uh, a very big name in British TV. And he and I think I think over a number of series uh, he was supported by um, a lady called Sally James, who was uh, quite quite an, yeah. an, an attraction for many. The, the um, lovely Sally James, yes, set many young hearts af- aflutter. I know, and probably, and, a, few, and probably the, a few fathers as well. Well, I think that's probably true. And also, young uh, Lenny Henry was on there, <laughs> and and a guy who was called Bob Carroll G's, and he had a, a puppet called Spit the Dog, who was rather irritating. <laughs> But the yeah, I think the difference was it, it appeared to have no script whatsoever, and it was just complete mayhem. And they, uh, you know, they they sort of ran around throwing guns over each other. They had um, I think a character called the Phantom Flan Flinger, and it just That's used right. to run around yes. with, yeah. with custard pies splatting each other. Um, and I think the attraction for it because for, for for kids was it was just anarchy, and they and they obviously were just having a great time. Yeah, I remember. I just remember the um, the cage. Oh, they used to have a cage in the middle of the studio, and things like offices would apply. These are adults who would apply yeah. to come and come into the cage and have pies thrown at them and be sprayed with water and have buckets of water thrown over them all Saturday morning. Which I mean, yeah. as kids, you think this is great. You can throw throw a bucket of water over adults, and they they don't mind. In fact, they seem to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was. I think you you had one side which, which was fairly worthy, you know, quite fun, interesting, the BBC, and the other complete chaos. So yeah. So, really so where did you, where did you stand then, James? Where did you? Uh, the Tiswas. Uh, I th- I would say probably I was a bit more swap shop, but I had a furtive flick overs occasionally uh, onto onto Tiswas. How about you? Yeah, I think I, I think I sort of started with Swap Shop, and then as I got a bit older, I started to graduate more towards Tiswas. Probably yeah. as I was getting a bit bolder and a bit more uh, a bit more daring myself. Um, yeah, because there was always this sense of well, this was a slightly slightly naughty sort of program, and they were doing all these things. But then after yeah. a while, it sort of it became more more acceptable. 
But it's, yeah. it's fascinating to say how you can be classified by those two programs. But I mean, they're both around for a long time. And Swap Shop, I think, had all kinds of follow-on programs like um, Saturday Superstore and others, where oh, it was yeah, just the same thing, but repackaged as, as a different program when we've gone since the 80s. Yeah. No, that's think, fascinating. I think, I, th- I think that's right. Uh, but whereas I think the Tiswars crowd went off into more adult stuff because I remember mm. they did something called OTT in the evening. That's right, yeah. Which was a bit, which is basically Tiswars just with swearing, I think. <laughs> and so as a teenager, you're like, oh, this is amazing. So they took their audience from the 70s into the 80s and sort of grew <laughs> up with them. Yeah, no, mm. it's um, oh, happy memories. And then, and then we mentioned um, Magpie, Magpie and Blue Peter. I suppose there, I, mean, I, remember, I remember I obviously started off with Blue Peter, as most people did. But then Magpie appeared to be uh, something very different. I mean, they had, they had, seemed to be much more trendy. Yeah. I mean, they had uh, Mick Robertson, who was a bit of a heartthrob with his long black curly hair. That's right. Whereas whereas on the BBC, you had the, I suppose, the safety of, of the, the regular presenters. I mean, I mentioned on a previous podcast that in my generation, what I remember the most was sort of John Noakes, Peter Purvis, Valerie Singleton, and Leslie Judd. They were all very, it's going back again, very wholesome and um, educational. Yeah. Well, well I, I thought I've been a bit racier. Yeah, I think I think even when you start, I mean, if you look at the like the theme tune, I think Blue Peter is like a, a hornpipe or something, mm. and and a bit sort of a bit sort of old fashioned, really. Whereas Magpie was quite, a, although it was quite a rock tune. Um, yeah. And uh, I, again, just reminding myself about it, I was just quickly scooting onto Wikipedia, and I didn't realise it was the Spencer Davis group who who did it. Uh, oh, so it was quite it, funky. Yeah. yeah, it was really yeah. quite funky. Um, yeah, one for uh, sorrow, two for joy, three yeah. for a girl, four for a boy, with a bit of heavy guitar in there as well. Yeah, that sort of kicked it off. And, and you're right, they. I always sort of, you know, I guess like you, for me, Blue Peter was uh, Peter the Peter Herb, John Noakes, Lizzie Judd sort of era was really. What I really remember about it, and um, and it was it was a bit worthy. They had some celebrities on, and they they did the Blue Peter badges, which were all very nice. I have to say, I, I do have fond memories of John Noakes and Shep the dog, and yeah, you know, and he went was always doing some crazy things or getting stuck up a pole or <laughs> falling or something. Yeah, again, it was like a it was like a guilty pleasure turning over to Magpie, which was they always sort of a bit trendy clothes and the big hair and. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was a slightly different, different, more groovy world. Yeah, because I remember they had. I don't know if he was on it all the time. They had um, Tommy Boyd came onto it as well. I don't he don't was, remember him. He was sort of he, instead of Mick Robertson had the dark curly hair. He had light curly hair, sort of blonde curly hair. All oh, right. Yeah, so it was all it was all a bit more a bit more wild, a bit more um, daring. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, they also had, um, I'm trying to remember the other presenters. So Susan Strengths was on it, I remember. And then the oh God, lovely the lovely Jenny Hadley, who was former Bond yes. girl, I think. Yes. Again, yeah, I remember like, her. Yeah, they're a little bit more sort of glamorous. That's, than, uh, that's exactly it. That's exactly it, James. Glamour. Not much glamour about Blue Peter. No. Steady. Nice and steady. You're building your sort of, building your models or something. Whereas they were all a bit rock and roll a little bit on... Uh, on magpie so i wonder i wonder where that came from yeah i don't know i mean 
it's maybe something to do with the difference between ITV and, and how that was made in those days. Um, I, I seem to remember, you know, ITV was all separate. I think you mentioned a different podcast. In those days, it wasn't one company, was it? It was all regional companies, and they all had to sort of That's right, yeah. Yeah. and compete. So maybe it's something to do with that. And they and they were made in the provinces more, weren't they? So they were, they were let loose a bit more, I suspect, than BBC in London. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, that's right. That's a good point. And I guess the BBC was always trying to do its public service broadcasting bit. So yeah. uh, things like Blue Peter were always very educational. I, don't, I, don't, I have to say a lot of worthy things were done. And when I say worthy, I'm not trying to do it down. But the sort of the, the good for society type stuff. Whereas I think Magpie was more likely to have your your rock music or your pop group. I mean, I'm just I'm just guessing now, but you're more likely to have the Bay City Rollers on Magpie than you were on Blue Peter. Yeah, you'd, you'd sort of think so, wouldn't you? And, and they'd all they'd be wearing the more sort of the up to date uh, outfits, and you, you don't really think of John Noakes in uh, in a pair of trendy jeans or a trendy shirt or something. I mean, he's up a up Scarfield Pike or something like that. <laughs> no, no, that's right. I mean, I mean it's interesting because I think, I think, in a way, as as sort of the decade progressed, BBC tended to go a little bit more in that ITV's direction because, from being sort of quite straight and education and so on, they then started doing a few more groundbreaking things. I was just thinking, uh, Grange Hill, I mean, yeah, Grange Hill, for exactly. example. When when that came on, there were several. There were several of my friends at primary school who weren't allowed to watch Grange Hill, really, because their parents had heard it was so. Um, you know, you had you had children talking back to the teachers and uh, you know, people smoking behind the bike sheds and all this kind of stuff, and they said, "No, you can't can't watch that." Yeah. Uh, well, as it turned out, it was actually a very mild representation of what of what secondary school was like, anyway. Yes, certainly some of the ones around where I grew up. I think you're right. I, I wonder whether maybe because ITV was a challenger and BBC had already been around for ages that they just, you know, gave it a go and, and weren't, or, you know, didn't mind pushing the boundaries. The one thing I always get confused about with um, Magpie was Tomorrow People. Do you remember that series? Oh, yes. I always, yeah, I do. I always, I always miss I love the that. presenters. Yeah, I always keep, I always have a visual memory of the presenters, and I, I've always sort of muddled them up because they all had sort of big hair and they were all like quite futuristic. Yeah, uh, and, and, and the men were tall and thin. Yeah, a bit like um, what's the Mick Robertson. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's right, yeah, I can, I can see that. You very easily get them mixed up. No, I, I thought the Tomorrow People was great. I, I can't actually remember much about it, other than the fact they had these belts which allowed them to teleport to different places. That's right. That's right. Um, the rest of the plots have rather left me, but uh, yeah, it used to be. You think, oh, how cool would that be to be able to say <laughs> yeah. to go and jump jaunt, as they said, and go somewhere else? I know. I know. I know. No, thanks, James. That's really inter- interesting thoughts there. And uh, be interested to see what any of our other listeners think about the difference between the attitudes between BBC and ITV. And, you know, I'd really like you to tell us what camp were you in? Were you Tiswas or Swap Shop or were you Blue Peter or Magpie? Because we can determine an awful lot about probably what you've turned out as, as adults by uh, which, <laughs> where your, where your favourites were. So thanks, yeah. for those. thanks for those memories. And thanks for raising the subject. It's really good to have you with us on My 70s TV Childhood. And uh, hope to speak to you again at some point. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Oliver. Excellent.
big thank you to James for raising this subject and for joining us and sharing his memories. So that's an interesting idea. Can you determine how the adult will turn out based on their choice of Saturday morning viewing or by which magazine-type show they watch during the week? What does it tell you about yourself or others if you preferred Chris Tarrant to Noel Edmonds? Or perhaps you favoured Maggie Philbin over the lovely Sally James. Sorry, I'm letting my bias get in the way here. Let me know. John Noakes or Mick Robertson? Jenny Handley or Leslie Judd? Leave me a comment on our blog, www.my70stvchildhood.com, tweet at 70stvchildhood, or email me, oliver at my70stvchildhood.com. I'd love to hear from you. So that's it for now. Thanks again to James, and a special thanks to all of you for listening. I'll see you again soon on My 70s TV Childhood. enjoyed listening please think about supporting the show by visiting my patreon page www.patreon forward slash oliver colling for two pounds a month you can become a tufty club member get a shout out on the podcast and learn how to cross the road safely and for five pounds a month you can be a blue peter badge member get a shout out and join me for a future episode as well as trying on a pair of peter purvis's loom pants All memberships are flexible and can be cancelled at any time. Your support is really appreciated.